someone, sometimes anticipating, sometimes agonizing. We all have an expectation for what's to come. Even Jesus arrived with a wait. Although we turn a single page, 400 years of silence spanned the gap between the final prophecies we read in the Old Testament and the birth of Jesus. No prophet, no voice, no signs, no wonders. You can almost hear the questions. Did God care? Had he vanished? Was he ever really there? Finally, with a single cry in a stable in Bethlehem, the silence was broken. The arrival of a baby born in the midst of darkness and despair was hope fulfilled, a miracle in motion. And the good news? In the same way it did 2,000 years ago, Advent brings with it the assurance that no matter what you're waiting on, God promises hope is on the way. Good morning, everybody. I am. Um, good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning to everyone online as well. Is that echo gone? Okay, fantastic. Um, Adam, thanks for having my back down there, bro. Appreciate that. Um, so good to be with you all this morning. Um, we're we're in an, in an exciting exciting time, as Marcus said, leading up to Christmas. Um, and you've come on a good morning because we are going to be celebrating very soon some people taking that next step in their in their faith and their relationship with the Lord, which is really exciting. Uh, but we'll get there. So this message today is going to be a little bit shorter because we want to make sure that we allow space for that and as, as well as worship at the end of the service. And as Mark said as well, we've changed things up um, with this recent series, our Advent series, which has been five weeks where we've been looking through the Christmas, uh, we've looking at, been looking at Christmas, but been looking through the lens of adoring, um, adoring our King. Oh, come let us adore Him. And what we've been doing is we've broken up the five weeks, and different pastors have, have preached on different um, topics. We've, had, we've unpacked where, why we need a Savior and a King. Uh, we've looked at who this King is and why He matters to us. And Anna last week unpacked um, who is invited to adore Him. And if you don't know the answer to that, you'll have to go back and watch that message. Fantastic. Um, that's everyone, by the way, in case people are concerned. So, so what we're looking at today is I'm actually closing off our Advent series, and what we're looking at today is a king with news and what that news is. And before we dive in, will you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, we thank you, Lord, that, um, that you are here, and I thank you, Lord, for this message that you've put on my heart, and I just pray, Lord, that you will help me to articulate what I believe you've put on my heart for your sons and daughters here this morning. And I pray, Lord, that as we receive this word, that our hearts will be open to receive, and Holy Spirit, you'll move us to action. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about you, but have you ever had a situation where what appears to maybe be bad news turns out to be good news? Um, 
And, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring this into to why I'm, I'm asking or raising this question, and I'll share a story where this exact thing happened to me. Um, I was on a work trip previously to coming to, to New Life, working at New Life. I was working at Bond University, and I was in North, North Africa, and I had what was supposed to be a few hours stopover at Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. Um, Addis Ababa, such a good word just there, huh? such a great name. Um, Addis Ababa, Mark asked me to do it one more time. And so I was in Addis Ababa, and uh, I was supposed to be there for a few hours, and, uh, and it worked out, unfortunately, after a really interesting meal um, for lunch, and re- being really, really tired, I'd forgotten to change my clock, change my watch, my, my phone and the times and everything, um, and, and I totally missed my flight. And unfortunately, I was sitting far away from where I needed to be to actually get through the security gates, and I had seen the, the, the airplane um, slowly reversing, being pushed out of its parking bay. And I knew, oh my goodness, I'm heading into some bad news. So I jumped up, and I knew from the past I would be able to run there fast enough. I knew that I'm a son of God, a child of God. They're going to hold that airplane for me. I knew I'd run out onto that tarmac. I'd get to the plane. They'd lower the door, and they'd get on there, and everyone would cheer, going, yes, you made it. And so I darted off. I ran. And I don't know if you've seen Mission Impossible movies, but Tom Cruise, when he, he's always doing that scene when he's running up straight. I felt like I was Tom Cruise, running through the airport, dodging young children, jumping over bags with my bag behind me, ran through security, and finally got to the gates, and they said, no further. And I went, gosh, this is turning into bad news. Long story short, I obviously missed that flight, and what turned out to be a few hours stopover ended up being one night layover. Actually, it was two nights layover. Um, and because I had to end up finding another flight. I ended up having to cancel appointments. It was an absolute mission. And um, when I was feeling extremely frustrated, sitting on a bed that was terribly dirty, um, in a random hotel, which I probably couldn't even tell you where it is today, um, I was frustrated, I was angry, I was disappointed, and I was on the phone to my wife telling her how, how sorry I was for myself, and she told me pretty much to pull your head in and focus on the good news. What is the good news, babe? And I'm like, what is the good news? Have you seen my room? And she says, yes, I've seen your room, but what is the good news? So it took a phone call from my wife, um, Dana, and it took a phone call from my dad in South Africa of actually reminding me, hang on a second, what can I focus on here? Instead of the bad news, what is the good news that I can focus on? And so I did, I pulled out my Bible and I spent some time with the Lord and chose to find what was the good news God, why am I here? Um, maybe this is my mistake, but what can I learn? What can, you, what can I do for you while I'm here? And so I decided after spending time with the Lord, going down to reception, and I uh, went to the reception desk and I said, is there anything that you would say to a tourist here who's here for a couple nights, um, or, or what would you say for them to do? And, uh, and they just said no. And I'm like, great start. So already there was a language barrier with my, with my hotel receptionist. And then next thing, a, um, a young guy walks out of the office behind the reception desk and says to me, I can help you. Um, have you heard of the annual Mescal Festival? And I said, no, I have not. But if you give me the Wi-Fi password, I can Google it and I'll find out. And he said, well, there's no Wi-Fi. So I said, excellent. <laughs> so this is really looking to be bad news at the moment. And then he says, look, it's a celebration um, known as Demera which is the day, or the day of the true cross. And this is a day where thousands of Orthodox Christians in Ethiopia, literally thousands, there's some photos from, from my experience, gather to celebrate what they believe is the, the time that the cross was found. 
And so I got together with these Christians, and I got to connect with my brother, my new friend, Andy, Ethiopian brother, and I got to share with him my faith and why I believe, who I believe Jesus is to me. And so here I have this situation that was appearing to be bad news, but then what I did was I chose to focus, with some help from my wife and from my dad, chose to focus on the good news. And the story that we're going to be looking at today in Matthew, um, and which is the birth of Jesus, to Joseph at first appeared to be bad news. Because, uh, actually, let's not jump ahead. Let's, let's jump into this. And so I actually also want to highlight the shepherds because Anna spoke about that last week as well. When the shepherds found out that Jesus was about to be born. But let's not, let's not go there. Let's jump into Matthew 1, 18 verse 21 first. So I'll read it out for us. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, I know if we jump ahead, we now know there's good news to the story. But just put yourself for a minute in Joseph's shoes. When he receives this news from his wife, because here Joseph had been mapping out everything before him and his wife the wedding plans, their future. He was about to marry his honorable virgin fiance. And then all of a sudden, in his opinion, this is stripped as Mary tells him that she is pregnant. Pregnant out of wedlock and not with his child. So he has a man who was understandably so concerned for what people would have thought of their situation and also so disappointed that this has happened to him and happened to his wife, uh, his, his fiance that he was considering divorcing Mary. See, at this time, Mary and Joseph were betrothed. And in this time, betrothed means that, you, that it, is, it, is a, it is a binding contract. And so it's more than just an engagement. And so in order to, in order to divorce from a betrothed, you, you have to get divorced. And unfortunately, what this means is for women who, or, or males who have been accused of, in, in Mary's case, maybe having a baby from another man, this, is, this results in execution. And so if you put yourself in Joseph's shoes, right now Joseph had to make this decision not only for his wife to keep her, keep her own life, but also just to keep her, keep her own honor. But then Joseph has this incredible experience of where an angel comes to him and says to him, wait, 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 Joseph, I have a plan for you. This is part of my plan. So then Joseph, in that moment, Joseph shifts his focus from what appeared to be bad news. He shifts his focus to what, my, to what is God's, God's plan. And we saw a similar situation like this last week when Anna spoke about the shepherds in the field and when the angels appeared to the shepherds um, telling them about the good news that Jesus was, be, was about to be born. Do you remember their reaction when the angels appeared? They were terrified. 
And if we have to look at terif- what terrified means, it means extreme fear. So they experienced extreme fear when these angels appeared to them to tell them about the birth of Jesus. So can you imagine putting yourself in their shoes when something appears, when you experience extreme fear? That's bad news. But then good news comes after that too. So in both circumstances with Joseph and the shepherds, they had to hold on to what the good news was. And by Joseph focusing on the good news, he ends up shifting his focus from disappointment and embarrassment to opportunity and blessing. And the shepherds, by focusing on the good news, shift their focus from fear to faith. So isn't this an awesome reminder for us today? Because when we are faced with bad news or or circumstances that possibly terrify us, we too have the promise of the good news that we can hold on to. But in order for us to hold on to this good news, we need to understand what the good news is. So do you know what the good news is? And that's what I would like to look at for the remainder of this message. Let's look at what is the good news. So let's take ourselves back 2,000 years. When Jesus was walking the streets of Galilee, and you happen to walk past Jesus teaching a crowd or teaching some people, what would you have heard him teach? It might have been talking about, um, talking about loving your neighbors. It might have been talking about forgiveness. It might have been talking about loving God and loving others. Those are all correct. But in, in, the, in the Gospels, we see them highlighting two words which was Jesus' main central message, his main, his, main, his main theme was the kingdom and the gospel. And we see that in Luke 43. But he replied, I must preach the gospel of the kingdom of God in other towns, so too, because that is why I was sent. So this is what we would have heard Jesus talking about, the kingdom and the gospel. And the gospel, a side note, the Greek word for gospel is euangelion. Euangelion. I've nailed it. Thank you, Mark. Euangelion is the Greek word for gospel, which translates to good news. And that is the good news, friends. So why, in order to understand what is the good news, let's just go back a little bit. Let's understand what is the gospel. Um, sorry, let's understand what is the kingdom of God. Okay, that makes more sense. Let's go back and understand what is the kingdom of God in order to understand what the good news is, all right? You with me? So let's go. Behind the Greek word for kingdom is basileia. And then behind that word lies the Aramaic term malkut. And malkut refers not to a geographical area or or, or a realm, and nor to the people inhabiting that realm, but rather it's the activity of the king himself. It's the exercise of his sovereign power and his reign. So therefore, these words don't define a kingdom by territory, but define a kingdom by dominion. And we see in in Luke 17, 21, Jesus said of the kingdom of God, one cannot say, look, here it is, or look, there it is, for the kingdom of God is already among us. And in other versions, it says it's in your midst. So the thing that surprised everyone about this kingdom that Jesus was preaching about is that it was one that was upside down to this world. It was upside down to the world back then, and it's upside down to the world that we live in. And that's why there's this challenge sometimes to actually understand what is the kingdom of God, because we don't have anything like that around us at this moment, other than God's kingdom. 
So when the world thinks of a kingdom, we think immediately that that kingdom needs to be powerful, that that kingdom needs to be um, successful, that that kingdom needs to be strong, able to impose its will and defeat its enemy. But Jesus said, the greatest person in God's kingdom was the weakest. The one who loves and serves his neighbors, the one who loves and serves the poor. He didn't say the greatest person is a CEO or the greatest person is the strongest person amongst you or the smartest person in the room. No, it's the least of these. Isn't that so backwards to the way that our culture sees things or views things today? So don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, in no way am I saying it's wrong to be the CEO or it's wrong to be the smartest person in the room. No, absolutely not. God has put you in a position for that reason. Or God has put you in a position working towards that position for a reason. But what I am saying is God's kingdom is upside down to this world. So if our priorities is that position, or our priorities is that title, or is trying to, work to, work out, trying to get to the point of being the smartest person in the room, then we've got to question ourselves, do we have our priorities correct? Because in God's kingdom, that's backwards. It's quite a lot to think about. So therefore, we now know that the kingdom is not of this world. We know that the kingdom of God is already and not yet and is still to come. And we know it's not a physical place, but it's where God's will be done, and it's where we find relationship with Him. And this is the good news because it means that we are saved, that we are forgiven, and that we are set free. And this is the gospel, and this is the good news of the kingdom of God. And like we saw with Joseph and the shepherds receiving and knowing the promise of the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ, we saw that it called them to action. Why? Because when we come to know the good news of the kingdom of God, your life is transformed. A life, and we know that a life transformed is a life renewed, and we know that a life renewed calls us to take action, calls us to action. And so that's why I ask, do we know the kingdom of God? Is it, call, is it calling us to take action? Two examples of a life renewed and, and people taking, um, taking a step, to, uh, being called to take action. We've just finished Alpha Online, nine weeks of Alpha Online, where we've had incredible testimonies. Too many to actually tell right here. But two stories that I'm wanting to share with you. One, excuse me, of Chrissy and Cassie. Chrissy and Cass, or Cassie called me the week before Alpha was going to start. She called me, hey, Calvin, my name is Cassie. I'm in northern New South Wales. Um, I've never been to your church. I've seen your advert for Alpha Online, somewhere online. Can I um, come, come and join you guys for Alpha? I said, absolutely, of course you can. So come week one, Cassie is there with her sister Chrissy. Cassie and Chrissy have this incredible testimony where they've been a part of a group of people in northern New South Wales who were pursuing new age spirituality to the point where they ended up going down this path where they had some pretty intense satanic experiences. The testimonies of these young women was absolutely, is absolutely awesome. But the week before Alpha began, both these sisters separately, not together, separately came to know the love of the Heavenly Father. They came to know the kingdom of God. And now their life was radically changed. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They are now part of a group of, of people, which actually at this stage turns out to be all women, who have, whose lives have been radically changed 
who were into New Age spirituality, pursuing a path which wasn't of the kingdom of God, and their lives have been changed, and now their goal is to spread the good news of God. And I have no doubt that one day you're going to hear the, the, the testimony um, for yourselves of Chrissy and Kathy. They were actually wanting to be here today to be baptized, um, along with everyone else that's been baptized, but they couldn't just because of the borders, things were complicated. So we'll get to celebrate with them, with them one day, no doubt about that. And that, so friends, that's the good news. That's the good news of the kingdom of God in action. And one other story, Keegan, who I got to meet and got to know um, at the gym, a brother who's been going through a, 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 quite some hectic things um, at the moment, and God's just been developing a relationship with us where he's been comfortable to share with me. And one day, I felt God say, um, invite him to Alpha. And I said, Lord, if you want Keegan to come to Alpha, I pray that you would make it easy for me to invite him. And next thing, as, I, as I'm praying that, his bag drops right next to mine. So I bend down, I pick up an Alpha invitation. I say, Keegan, have you heard of Alpha? He says, no, I haven't. What is that? I said, bro, everything that you've shared with me, I think Alpha is going to be absolutely perfect for you. And I reckon that you should just come and check it out. All the information is on the postcard or on our website. Go, go, on, go online and have a look. Awesome, I'll be there. So week one comes, he's not there. So I see him in the gym the next day. I said, Keegs, missed you, brother. What's going on? Where were you? He says, oh, I totally forgot. In my head, I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure you did. Sure you forgot. He says, remind me next week and I'll be there. I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay, excellent. Heard that before. But I remind him for week two. Not only does he come for week two, but he comes for every other week after that. And not only that, but now I see him in the gym and he says, hey, I've just reached out to Ash, Ash at New Life Cooley, who was leading that alpha group at the time. He says, I'm wanting to meet with those people. I want to continue meeting with them. Is that possible? I said, it's absolutely possible. He said, I just want, I just want them, like they prayed for me and, 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 I, and I felt something. I want, that to, I want that to continue. It's just amazing people. I said, bro, that can, that can continue, absolutely. So he hasn't yet come to know the Lord, but he's come to know a group of people that have a hope, that have a faith, that encourage like no other, which is the kingdom of God in action. And so I ask all of us here today, what is it that we can do to take action, allowing the kingdom of God to work in us and to work through us? Going back to the story of Matthew, when Joseph um, found out the news of Mary being pregnant, what appeared to be bad news turned out to be good news. And so for us as well, when we find ourselves in those moments, maybe where something's appearing to be bad news, how can we choose to focus on the good news? The good news of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God, because that will help us in finding a solution. That will help us in finding what God's wanting to do through that situation. And so... To close, I want to ask you, have you responded to the good news of the kingdom of God? So for Christians in the room, do we allow the good news to shift our focus to the things of God's kingdom? Or do we allow Him to call us to action? And are we walking boldly and confidently allowing His Spirit to work in us and to work through us? An example of the good news calling us to action. It could be handing out an Alpha postcard, inviting someone to Alpha. It could be inviting our neighbors to, to, our, to the Christmas services coming up. It could be using our gifts to serve and love our neighbors. It could be praying for someone when prompted by the Spirit. 
It could be stepping out in faith and trusting God with something. Or it could be what we're about to witness, taking that next step in your faith, in your relationship, declaring God's goodness in your life and being baptized. And for those who don't yet identify as a Christian, maybe not yet a follower of Christ, I want to invite you to consider what this good news means for you. And what it means is that the Creator who is the eternal King sent His Son who humbled Himself to this earth in the form of a baby to die on the cross out of love for you so that you could live forgiven and set free. And all you need to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And what I would love to do is lead you in a prayer because when preparing, I felt that there were gonna be people in this room that haven't yet said that prayer. And I wanna invite you to say that prayer with me this morning. So will you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the things that I have done wrong in my life. And I ask for your forgiveness. I choose to turn from everything that I know is wrong and that is not of you. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you for offering me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. And I receive your spirit this morning. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Amen. Friends, we're now going to just go into a time of worship. And as we do that, I'd love to invite you to stand. And I want to invite you to respond, whether you're a Christian or whether you're not. How, are you, how do you feel God's calling you to take action this morning? Before we celebrate this incredible time coming up of baptisms, how is it that God's calling you here today to take action in your faith with our Heavenly Father?